Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Season of Breakthrough, it's not just a series that we're doing of of, of messages, but this is a season that we have chosen to believe God and enter into. Now, I believe that the season doesn't finish because, uh, you know, a series finishes or whatever. We stay in breakthrough all the time. And where, where there is uh, a boundary, and we looked at this last week, where, where there is a boundary, the boundary is there to protect, but it's also there to be broken through. And so God separates, and he did that in Genesis, the, you know, the sky from the earth and the waters from the, from the dry land. He caused uh, separation, but those separations weren't to just isolate humanity. They were there so that somebody with faith and expectation could go, you know, there's sky and there's land, and, and we're, here we stand on the land, but why don't we fly? Why don't we look at the birds and go, hey, they're flying. Maybe we can fly. And somebody, you know, invented the airplane and discovered the law of lift and, and all the rest of it. Uh, the, the oceans haven't even been explored yet. They, you know, they're begging man to step out and to uh, dare to break through into all of these areas. There is a breakthrough area for your life all the time. And this morning, I want to talk about higher expectation, higher expectation. No matter where you're at, there's always something more in God that you can achieve. You'll never ever have achieved everything that you can uh, can do in God. It's always something more begging uh, to be explored. Have you ever been uh, faced with hard labor? I mean, not prison hard labor, but you know, a job that like, I don't want to do this. And like I've done things like breaking concrete up with a, with a cold chisel and, uh, you know, lots and lots of jobs. Shoveling snow was one of my least favorite jobs. The snow would get heavy sometimes. And, you know, you just, your back would just be so sore the next day from shoveling uh, snow. But one of the all-time least favorite things for me was moving. And, uh, and lo and behold, uh, one of my jobs when I was going to Bible college was uh, moving furniture for a furniture company. I hated it. And it was a, a Pantech truck, like a big truck, and we'd have to load the furniture out of the warehouse into the truck. And I'm talking couches, you know, heavy couches, lounges, dining room tables, you name it. You know, we had to do it. And uh, initially, when I took the job, there was a guy there that, that you know, we had to do it in twos. And there was this guy that played American football. You call it gridiron. And, and uh, he was a, a lineman. He was massive. Like, you know, he could bench press like uh, one, one time anyway, 500 pounds. He could, you know, throw 300 pounds around like it was practically nothing. He could squat ridiculous amounts. And his name was Gary Stewart. We call him Stu. And, uh, and moving furniture with Stu, I didn't really have to do much. I just had to kind of guide it. He would just do all the heavy lifting. And sometimes we'd have to lift up, uh, you know, three stories, apartment units, and, you know, get it through stairwells and, you know, these heavy couches and everything. Uh, pianos are the worst. <laughs> you know, that's ridiculous stuff. And if you've ever had to do that, you know how hard it is to do it on your own. But isn't it good when somebody comes along and they help you and they bring a team? And isn't it even better when they bring equipment with them, like a crane or a hoist or something? Or like, you know, working with my friend Stu. That was so good until Stu left. 
And then I got this guy working with me that had, you know, little scrawny arms and couldn't lift hardly anything. And so then I became Stu, trying to do all this stuff. And then we, um, we damaged so much, so much furniture that we both got fired in the end of it. <laughs> the boss said, I think you guys need to leave now. And I thought, yeah, I think so too. Uh, but I don't like hard labor, but it's so good when somebody else comes along that can help you with the heavy lifting. So when we're talking about breakthrough, uh, you know, how does God see you when you need your breakthrough is a, is a good question. Because I believe, and this is my observation, that so many people have a, a poverty mindset when it comes to breakthrough and, and what God has for them. And we'll unpack this uh, a, a little bit. But uh, they hope for the best, but kind of have their fingers crossed. And, uh, and basically have an attitude, if God wants to do it, well, then he will, but he probably won't. And then, uh, of course, there's a scripture, uh, when I'm weak, he is strong. But what it doesn't mean is this, stay weak. What it does mean is that breakthrough is when God's presence blesses your weakness, that you actually become stronger because you are weak, because his presence fills that void that you cannot do it by yourself, which is a fantastic thing, and God comes along and, and wants to bless with his presence whatever it is that's your weakness. I want you to go with me over to Matthew chapter 5, and uh, we'll just read just the beginning of what's known as the Beatitudes, and I'm not gonna, we're not going to camp here and do a study on this, but Matthew chapter 5 and 1 to 6, it says this, it says, now, now when Jesus saw the crowds... He went up on a mountainside and sat down, and his disciples came to him. And he began to teach them, and he said, Blessed, now the word blessed is makarios in the Greek language. It means this. It means throw a party, celebrate. It's incredible. Throw a party, makarios, celebrate. If you're poor in spirit, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. That, that, that word meek there can be translated teachable. Uh, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. Do you see the transaction here is that when you are poor, and I mean, these things are incredible opposites on the uh, of polarity. Blessed are the poor. It means bankrupt. It means you've, 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 you've got nothing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You go from incredible bankruptcy spiritually to rich beyond measure spiritually. Poor, poverty, heaven, you couldn't pick two opposites than that. Blessed are you if you're poor. Blessed are those who mourn. That's, that, that's no place to be. It means, uh, you know, devastated. You'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek. They inherit the earth. Blessed are thirsty and, and hungry. You shall be filled. So what's missing is a, a, a majesty mindset. We need to have a mindset that lines up with his majesty and what he has for us, even in the, more, the worst situations that we could possibly have. 
poverty and uh, destitute and devastation and whatever you're going through right now, you need a breakthrough, but you need a majesty mindset so that when we experience life, because most people only know who they are in the context of their worldly life experience. But listen to me. God's frame of reference for you is not what the world made you. God's context is always kingdom context. A natural poverty mindset always tries to call God down into your weakness, but a majesty mindset elevates you up. God is calling you up. You're not calling God down. God is saying, rise up. And I love the fact in the Beatitudes that he, he climbed up on a mountain and, and taught them because he's always on a mountain. He's always high and lifted up, and he always beckons us to come up with him. Yeah. Uh, he right now is seated in heavenly places. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father on high. He is seated in heavenly places. And listen to what he calls us to do in Ephesians 2, 6 to 9. He says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. Don't you love that? In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Now that word grace, uh, some say it means unmerited favor or even forgiveness. That is not correct because Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. And yet, it wasn't unmerited He's the king of kings. If, if grace was unmerited favor, then Jesus could never have any of it because uh, he, he, you know, he has the merits, as, as you were, to, to receive grace. And so grace is not just forgiveness either because Jesus didn't need any forgiving. So, so grace is God's ability for, to cause you to do what you can't do without his ability or his presence coming upon you. So, so listen to this. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. God's, God's context of you is not your track record. Your track record is not that good. And, and, and God's context and his, his way of looking at you is not based on the worldly perspective in your past and, and, and what you've earned and, and, and your failures or your, or your successes. It's got nothing at all to do with that. We have to wipe that slate clean. Otherwise, we continue to have a poverty mindset when it comes to God. We can't be blessed and, and throw a party happy Makarios because we're too busy looking at our life, where we were, where we are, how dismal it looks, to not even thinking about breakthrough because where we're headed, we don't measure up and we can't do it. And, and, and God is calling us not to call him down to just change something, but God is calling us up with him to have a heavenly mind spec, a mountaintop expectation to be seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, walking with majesty, and that's what he calls, calls us to do as Christians, to walk with majesty, to actually fellowship, to hang out with his majesty, the, the highest person ever who created everything. He is his majesty. He is royalty beyond measure. And God has called us to walk with him. And when you walk with majesty, it's impossible for you to have a poverty mentality. 
You can't think poverty thoughts when you're walking with the king. It just doesn't work. I mean, that wouldn't work if, if we were, uh, you know, at Buckingham Palace and we got to hang out with the queen and, you know, all the royals and everything else. And, and they just said, hey, whatever you want, man, just, you know, take it. You want to you wanna use the royal limousine, whatever that is, a Rolls Royce, I imagine, uh, just take it. You want the carriage? Just take it. You want something to eat? Just go and tell the chef whatever you want, they can make it. Uh, you know, you want some gold? It's yours. Uh, whatever you want. If you were beckoned to walk with somebody like that, how could you have a, a poverty mindset? It would be impossible. And when you walk with his majesty, you can't be a, a, a pauper and walk with the king. When the king is beckoning you up higher and, and, and asking you whatever you believe for, whatever you ask for, I'll give it to you. I mean, my goodness, we don't write checks anymore much, but, you know, that's an open checkbook. It's a, it's a blank check. Fill it in. That's what you need breakthrough in is your thinking to get out of a poverty mindset. You can't walk with royalty and walk in poverty at the same time. And I'm not just talking about financial, uh, you know, poverty or, or riches either. In Colossians 3, listen to this, verses 1 to 4. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Not you are going to be raised with Christ. Since then, you have been. Now, he's talking to the church in Colossae, but he's also echoing through the corridors of time to this church right now. Since you have been raised with Christ, you have been raised with Christ. If you're in Christ, if you've made him the Lord of your life, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, listen to this. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. You know, this is so amazing that unless you get into the Bible, you remember that book? Sometimes, we, you know, we've got it on our iPhones or our iPads or whatever. It's still the Bible, but sometimes I just like the pages. I like to feel that rice paper. You know, I like to turn it. I like to write all over it, underline it, meditate on it. But the main thing is I, I like to get it into me. Because so, natural poverty mindset says that he's there, I'm here, I'm poor, he's rich. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. That's not the lucky dip, my friend. You don't have to cross your fingers. You can stand on every promise that God utters. His word is true. Let every man be a liar, but let God be true. That's right. And so we need to step into a majesty mindset and have a much greater expectation for breakthrough in our life than what we've got right now. Now, I've spent two uh, Sundays, I believe it is, two full messages, actually, uh, on, on breakthrough being an inside job and getting stuff out of your heart that's blocking your breakthrough, fruitless things, plants called weeds that have been in your garden that there's no room for God to do anything until you clear the garden out and get rid of all that junk. But once you do that, you start walking with him, then he says, come on, up higher. Quit trying to bring me down from above. I'm calling you up from below. Get your elevation thinking on. Start to think majesty, not poverty. 
Start to think majesty is in, the king of kings is in me. Not I'm, out, I'm separate and he's out there somewhere and I'm chasing him around, you know, trying to catch up with him and, and call him down or, or some kind of a lucky thing. Peter asked a question. He, uh, he was asked a question, who do men say that I am? It's in, it's in uh, Matthew 16. We won't go there. And Peter answers, you know, John, John the Baptist, uh, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, one of the dead prophets. Uh, and, and Jesus says, well, well, who do you say that I am? And he utters this. He says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Son of of the living God. You are not a prophet limited. You are not a dead prophet reincarnated. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Is it any wonder that in Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ, the Son of the living God who strengthens me. That revelation that Peter got a hold of was not some kind of an academic answer to an academic or theological question. Oh, that's right, Peter. Like, that is so good. No, Jesus says, you are right, and upon this revelation, what revelation? That you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I can do all things through Christ, the Son of the living God, who lives on the inside of me. And Jesus says, now this is what I'm going to build my church on. Do you understand the majesty thinking? It, it breaks the poverty mindset of somehow he's out there. He can do all things. I can do nothing. What a cop-out. Do you know that you could starve to death in the aisles of a grocery store? You could go over to Woolworth starving and just sit there with all that food on the shelf. If you don't eat any of it, you will starve to death. There are promises of God more than what are on the shelves of Woolies or Coles or any other supermarket. God is saying, if you don't eat that, you're going to starve to death. You could sit there in the aisles of Woolies with a poverty mindset, whereas God has said, whatever you want off the shelves, just come to me and ask and be bold about it and, and stop that poverty stuff because it's not humility. It stinks. Yeah. What a terrible thing to walk with somebody that claims to be following Christ and doesn't understand that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. And they walk with majesty or say they are and they've got a poverty mindset. So the process of breakthrough is as valuable as the result of breakthrough itself. So many times we want the breakthrough as in the result, but we tend to forget there's a process that's just as valuable as the result that we're looking for. And that process will take you to higher realms of thinking. And that's where the battlefield is in. It's in the mind. I'm preaching tonight. And I'm, I've got a message, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'm, not, I'm not sure where. <laughs> Tonight's going to be awesome. And I, I really encourage you, 6 o'clock, come out tonight. You're not going to be disappointed. We're going to pray for people as well. Uh, but we've got to shatter this poverty mindset that separates us from God and the love of God, which it says nothing can separate you from the love of God. God loves you so intensely. He's not binding you to your past and to all your failures. He knows that you're going to fail. My, but but God's, God's like this. If you're going to fail, I know you're going to fail. Fail forward. Fail towards me. 
I know you're going to fail, but failure doesn't make you a failure. Fail, fall towards me, and I will be there for you. We will get the process down, and we'll lift you much higher than you've ever been before. I love the superlatives of, of the king and his kingdom. All the scriptures talks about the riches of his king, the riches. Wow, what a superlative. Fullness, abundance of grace, the riches of his glory. The language is super rich because it comes from majestic thinking from his majesty. There is just something about God that you need to know. He is intensely rich and he is intensely rich towards his love for you. There's something that you need to know that when you connect with God, you have connected with everything who God is. I love what James 1.17 says. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change with shifting shadows. See, breakthrough is about a bigger you. Because Christ is in you, then as you acknowledge and learn and have the process of majestic thinking, royal thinking, if you will, uh, abundant thinking, that God's thoughts are abundant and rich, as you start to think like that in your heart, all of a sudden, it's like the Incredible Hulk. I don't know if you're into, you know, any of the Avengers movies or not, but, you know, no, nobody can, nobody kills the Hulk. You know, he's a uh, banner, whatever his name is. You know, and 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 he, you know, he's just kind of an ordinary kind of a guy, like a, like a, like a, um, not an accountant because accountants are cool and they're strong and everything. Uh, he's some kind of an ordinary kind of guy until you know he gets outraged. Then all of a sudden, like his clothing and everything else just explodes off of him, and he's just like he 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 jumps through New York City and everywhere. You know, nothing can hurt. Nothing can hurt him. It's, he, he gets bigger from the inside out. He just enlarges. And that's the way it is when you start to get, the, get, get a hold of the revelation that it's not you that's the hope of glory. It's Christ in you that is the hope of your glory. It's Christ in you. Christ is God. It's God in you that's going to cause the breakthrough. And it's not going to happen without you. God wants to explode within you from the inside out and cause you to leap over tall buildings and, and defeat all of those enemies and Jesus name you understand that when Christ is in you you get a whole lot bigger when he says be strong in the Lord the power of his might he meant that so I want you to ask God one question right now you could ask God this question right now and I expect God to answer you what is it God what is it that you want to be for me not what do you want me to do without you? What is it you want to be for me? Because that's your breakthrough right there. What is it, God, that you want to be for me, in me, breaking out? What is it right now? Because that is exactly what God will do with your breakthrough. The Bible says this, love has been perfected among us that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, verse 17 of uh, 1 John 4. Because as he is, so are we in this world. He is your everything or he is your nothing. 
as he is, so am I in this world. How is he? Well, man, you know, if I could go to heaven right now and you could go to heaven, we were walking around heaven, I don't think we'd, we'd hear Jesus going, man, I'll take you on a guided tour, but I just want to tell you, I had to, I had to lay off a bunch of angels today. You know, the economy up here is rough. It's brutal. You know, it's really bad because there's just so much poverty going on and so much negativity, and, you know, and, and I just don't know what to do. We're thinking about ripping up some of the streets of, of Transparent Gull and selling those bricks, you know, to the highest bidder to pay for all this. I don't think so. As he is, so am I in this world. How is he? I think he's doing pretty good last time I checked. I think that it's perfect love and perfect joy that casts out all fear. I think that there's incredible uh, uh, love that's flowing from the kingdom of God and life and, and all of these things. As he is, so am I in the world. So, Lord, what do you see in me? What do you see? What do you want to do through me, Lord? What am I meant to break into? What issues and boundaries need to be broken? What is my promise land? Who is God for you? To do that, you got to get over your old self. Too many times we just look and we see the old bad boy or the old bad girl. We see all the lack and all the failures and everything that Jesus went to the cross to defeat. It's almost like he didn't defeat it, and you got to do it somehow now yourself. And God never expects that. It's hard for us to believe that this grace, that the, 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 the lens that God sees you, the perspective that God is looking at you through is, is through the love that he has for his son in whom he is well pleased and you are in his son, not outside. If any, if any man or woman be in Christ, they are a new, brand new creation, one that has never existed before. God loves you unconditionally in that. And all the promises of God are in Him, are yes, and in Him, in Him, are amen for the glory of God through us. Now, we're going to close, and I'd like our, our music team to come up because I really am believing God to anoint you this morning and to cause something inside of you to break through. And I'm talking about a breakthrough in Revelation this morning talking about a, a breakthrough in your thinking out of poverty into majesty this morning. And so I'd like us all to stand and somebody could take that away. Thanks. Can we all stand? Is anybody listening to the pastor? <laughs> Pastor's talking to himself again, huh? Okay. You may not you know, I might have jolted some of your thinking this morning. I hope so. Um, God, what do you want to do through me? Because I can't do it without you, but I'm not without you. There's a union. Don't ever separate yourself from him. Because as soon as you do, you're gone. As soon as he's there and you're here, or he's up there and you're here, or he's somewhere else and you're here, as soon as you separate yourself from him, you're gone. You're gone. 
the union of the Christian life, the mystery which was hidden from the foundations of the world that it says had Satan and his cohorts known what this mystery was, they would have never crucified him because that's what it took to bring about the union, the common union, the communion. That's why we celebrate communion. That there is now a union between you and God that cannot be broken except that you think differently. That you're thinking poverty. When you separate yourself from Him, you are living in a poverty mindset. It's not what society or people would commonly call poverty, but it's poverty because His riches in every area wants to grace your life. In every inadequacy, everything that you can't do, He can do. And you're infused with the Spirit of Christ. Do you understand that? There is no separation between you and Him. And when you think separately, you're thinking in a poverty mindset. We have to raise our thinking to majestic thoughts. God, you're in me. I'm in you. Take me. Show me from the higher perspective my life. I don't want to be looking up and trying to command you to come down and fix something. Take me up. Show me what the view's like from the mountaintop. Blessed are you. Blessed are you even in your bankruptcy. Blessed are you in your inadequacies. Blessed are you when you're weak because His riches have flowed into your life. The majesty mindset is that everything that He has and everything who He is is me. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net. Or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.